welcome to the Sweat and Reflect podcast, where we'll break down how life is happening for you, not to you. I'm Meredith, a 30-something former teacher, widow, and life coach who is focused on empowering women to live their best lives no matter what they've experienced in the past. We'll laugh together, cry together, and at the end of the day, grow together. Are you ready to sweat and reflect your way through this crazy thing called life? Okay then, let's go. Hey friend, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Oh, it has been quite the last few days. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, I posted about this on Sunday. And while I honestly on some level would love to like bury this and move forward, um, we don't do that here, right? Because issues lie in the tissues, we are transparent, and we've got to get it out. But it has just been like a rough go. So before we get into it, um, I will let you know that there is a trigger warning that comes with this episode. Um, We're going to be talking about grief. We're going to be talking about anxiety and panic attacks. We're going to be talking about addiction um, all of the things. So if any of those things are a trigger for you, please, you know, do what feels best for you, whether that's pressing play or I'm sorry, pressing stop. Um, or if you choose to press play, please make sure that you, you know, support yourself appropriately, um, during and following the episode. And if again, you need to stop, please stop right now. Take care of yourself. That's the best thing that you can do. Um, so I guess just like, let's dive right in. So Ryan's sister, so my future sister-in-law, um, was having a baptism for her youngest and obviously we were invited and the post-baptism reception was, just happened to be, um, scheduled for the venue that Ryan, oh my gosh, (laughs) it's like regroup for a second at the venue where Tim and I got engaged um, at the um, Black Horse Tavern and we only had like you know week and a half notice two weeks notice for it and it kind of was like huh okay haven't been back there (laughs) in eight years since I got engaged Um, and if I had been there like since it was like a fleeting moment, you know, like nothing as significant as getting engaged. Um, I told his sister going into it, like, listen, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to make it into the room because I thought that that was going to be the issue, like just getting to the room because the original room where we were supposed to have the reception um, was the actual room where Tim and I got engaged. And so I was like, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best, you know, Obviously, she was understanding, which I appreciated. She actually got the reception moved just to the lower level, figuring, like, that that would help things, which I'm super grateful for. Um, but all, like, the few days, like, leading up to it, I just, I could feel it, like, brewing. And I was trying not to, like, psych myself out about it. I was just like, we're going to go, and we're just going to see what happens. Um, Ryan's mom, sweetheart that she is, she was like, why don't you come with me to drop off the decorations beforehand, like before the church service. And, you know, maybe that'll help you like ease things into it. And Saturday morning I woke up and I was like, I am just having a slow day. 
I need to make sure I work out. I think that'll help things. Um, and she to like not go drop off the invitations or the decorations. Oh my gosh, guys. Woo. Um, and you know, she was fine with that. Once Ryan and I got to the church, which had nothing to do, which was no memory, um, I'd start crying in the parking lot. And, um, you know, I posted like on my stories earlier that this was happening to, you know, that day and people were really sweet. Um, and just kept saying like, you're strong, like you can do this. And in the parking lot, Ryan was like, you're strong. Um, like, you know, you can get through this. And I just kind of lost it. You know, I was like, I'm so sick of being strong. Like, I don't want to have to be strong. I don't want to have to like put on my big girl pants and like walk into something back up very well, like break me. I was able to pull myself together. We got through the actual baptism and we like drove over to the, to the tavern and I just like took a bunch of deep breaths. I was like, okay, like we're going to do this. Right. And we get out of the car. We like walk up the, the steps. So like there's a porch, like an enclosed porch. And then like you actually cross the threshold into the restaurant. So we got into the porch and I turned like make a little leg left turn to cross the threshold. And I lost it. Hysterically crying, shaking, sobbing hyperventilating like I like I could not get it together could not get it together Ryan was able to like get me to sit so that I could like like maybe collect myself like you know at least like assess how severe this response was um and it was just like not 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 good um I saw the chef and I I like kind of recognized him um, as the chef who had been there, like when we got engaged. And um, like the other whole component about this is that Tim's identical twin brother um, works for the restaurant company that owns this restaurant, as well as like a bunch of other restaurants in in the area. And so, like, I know people like the chefs at like the various locations. Um, but I just, I like, again, like I could not even walk into the restaurant. Like I, I could not cross that threshold. And so Ryan, thank God for him. Like we walked back out of the restaurant, like fully off the porch and we like just stood on the corner so that I could again assess like where I was but like there was no assessing and like this is what I think was scary is that I have obviously cried since Tim has died I have been in some situations where it's or I've been in situations where like his loss has triggered me but like I have not had that visceral of a reaction in I don't know maybe since like the actual day that he died and it was just like 
it was painful on so many levels. Like I couldn't put together a thought. I could not slow down my breathing. Like it was a full body grief induced panic attack. And it is something that I wish upon no one. And like the only silver light, the only silver lining was that Ryan was with me and that he was able to like get me out of there. And then we just started walking. Like we just had to change my state. So we just walked, but it was a blur. It took the majority of the walk to just calm down my breathing. Um, And when I started to be able to, like, think again, my first thought was, like, why am I not strong enough to, like, walk in there? Like, why can't I just get inside this building? Like, I I should be strong, right? Like, everyone was telling me, like, you're strong. You can do this. And Ryan was like, the last time you walked those steps, when you walked in there last time, like, you were so hopeful. Like, for those that don't know, I walked into the restaurant the last time thinking that I was throwing Tim a surprise party for graduating law school. And I was so proud of him. He had just taken the bar exam and I was like I've got him like I've never surprised him I'm gonna get him up these stairs and all of our friends and family are gonna be there and we're just gonna get to celebrate him and instead when we got up to this up to the room he said that I know that you wanted to surprise me and celebrate me but this is all for you He had orchestrated the entire fucking thing so that I had really planned our engagement party. (laughs) And I just, I lost it. And he asked me to marry him and we walked into the room of our family and friends and we just got to celebrate. And when we walked back out of that restaurant, it was in, like, pure bliss and disbelief that that had just happened. And so, walking into that restaurant, walking into that area just brought back all of that. And so, we walked back to my car. I was like, you at least need to go in and, like, see your sister. Yes, we just saw them at the baptism, but, like, please, like, go see your family. Like, if you want to tell them that we're leaving, fine, but you need to, like, go acknowledge them. And I sat in the car, and I just, I sat there, and I spoke to myself. And I was like, like, you can do this. Just get out of the car. Just breathe. Get out of the car and take a few steps. Like, you, you can do it. And I started to, um get out of the car, started to walk back up to the venue. And Ryan, by that point, was coming out. He's like, no, we're not. We're not doing this. Like, we're getting you out of here. We're not going to sit here and, like, make small talk and, like, pretend that you're fine. when You're not fine. Which I was, like, actually really pissed about. Like, I am an eight-gram, too. People pleaser. Beating myself up that I'm not in there. I'm not there to support his sister. 
and her family. I'm not in there, like, to be present. Like, what the actual fuck? And I, you know, I, I call my sister. I'm texting my mom. And I'm just like, why am I so weak? Like, why can't I get in there? Like, why? Why is it so difficult? And my sister reminded me that, like, saying no and not putting myself in that position was saying yes to myself. That that was demonstrating strength because I was choosing to put my own well-being first as opposed to sitting in that room, being uncomfortable, being upset, trying to be present, beating myself up for not being present and not making small talk. Because, like, let's face it, was I really going to fucking sit in that room and, like, make small talk and pretend like things were good? No. Right? I would have been angry. I would have been upset. I would have been, like, a whole host of emotions. And that wasn't the energy that anybody needed. Um, but then what, what killed me more um, is that it turned out that the that the chef did recognize me. And as it just so happened, my, my, my brother-in-law, Tim's twin brother was working at the restaurant that day. And he texted me asking, you know, where I was. And I just had to be honest, like I had a panic attack. Like I could not make it into your restaurant. Like I could not do it. And then I felt guilty. I felt guilty. And I was like, Ryan, turn the car around. Take me back. That I did not see him. That I did not see Tim's brother. And I texted my sister and I was like, I, I need to go back, right? Like, I need to go back. And she was like, stop. Like, you were honest about, you know, why you were no longer there. You were honest about like your feelings and that's all you can do, right? It's not, it wasn't a personal thing. I had no idea that he was there. I just had to in that moment, like take care of myself. And so all of this is kind of just like a, I guess a long winded way of saying, especially those of you listening who are on a grief journey, like you have to listen to yourself. You have to be okay with setting a boundary where triggers of your lost loved one, like you, that you just have to remove them. Right. And it, and it's hard and it sucks. And you might be like me and you beat yourself up and you ask yourself, like, why aren't you strong? Like, why am I not doing what I need to be doing? But what you need to be doing is taking care of yourself. And trust me, like, this is the hardest freaking thing for me, right? Like, I always, always, always put myself last. Like, you have to put yourself first on your grief journey. You just have to. And you have to be okay with the fact that you might disappoint people. You have to be okay with the fact that some people who don't get it, don't get it. And maybe they think you're dramatic and maybe they think that this is all like too much. But you know what you need. And 
in the moments that you don't know what you need, you need to have someone in your corner, whether it's a sibling, a significant other, a parent, like I, I don't, had Ryan not been there, I don't know what I physically would have done. And not that he wasn't saying things that were encouraging, but had I not had my sister, I, on some level, would probably still be beating myself up. And so, like, you need that support system, which is so hard to ask for. You need a support system regardless of whether or not you're on a grief journey, but... If you are on a grief journey, if you're on a healing journey, you need people in your corner. And honestly, like this episode is gone. I don't even know in what direction. I was going to like really kind of take from my post that I made on Instagram about like the things that I wanted you to like think about and take away. But I think just sharing this just has to be the biggest takeaway, right? And that you being okay with setting a boundary and you being okay with choosing yourself, choosing your own safety, choosing your own sanity, choosing your own emotions over everything else. Like that's what you need to be doing and yes it's so encouraging when people remind you of your strength but don't let that define you right I I sometimes feel like it hinders my grief journey because like I said to Ryan like I just don't want to be strong today like I just want to be like I just I, I I just want to be okay with crying and possibly having, you know, like, I just thought I was going to cry and I think I was going to have a panic attack, but I just want to allow myself to be. And so whether you're on your own grief journey and how you absorb somebody saying you're strong or whether you are providing those words to someone going through a grief journey, I would just encourage you to be mindful. I know that phrase you're so strong is meant to be empowering and encouraging. And I'm not saying that it's not, but sometimes it does put an expectation on the individual that they can't just break down. And honestly, that to me is where we show strength, right? It's like where we can just break down, where we can just say, I'm not okay. So just like allow your people regardless of what's going on in their life, just to like not be okay. That they don't have to like keep it together all the time. Okay. No one needs to listen to me cry like anymore. (laughs) Um, As always, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for allowing me to share my story and to be transparent and you know, again, not every episode, no matter how well thought out it might be, is going to have the best takeaway or thought process, but we're keeping it real here. Grief is messy. Grief is nonlinear. 
grief can sneak up on you when you least expect it, or it can take you out when you are expecting it. And you just have to, again, put yourself in a position to be supported, to know your boundaries, and to just work through it. There's nothing weak about you. There's nothing minimizing you. It's just your journey. I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And for those of you struggling, those of you being on a grief journey, know that you're not alone. Know that your path is your own, but that does not mean you are alone. I am always here for you. I love you. I'm supporting you. I'm sending you whatever it is that you need right now. Strength, love, peace, joy. A shoulder to cry on. I'm here for you. Until next time, my friend. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for being here. I know that this episode dealt with a lot talking about trauma, anxiety, and depression. If you feel like you need immediate support, please call 988, the Suicide and Crisis Prevention Hotline, or reach out to your therapist, BetterHelp, or your primary care physician to seek the support you need. You are not alone. I love you. I am so grateful.